Welcome to Nutria Performing Art Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhardt. Just north of Chicago, in the affluent suburb of Winnetka, Illinois, sits Nutrier Township High School. Nutrier is one of the most unique and unusual public high schools in the United States. The school opened in 1901 with just 76 students, but by the time I attended Nutrier, from 1979 to 1983, the campus was home to over 4,000 students, and the nearly 28-acre campus, that's two city blocks long and four city blocks wide, included six four-story interconnected buildings with four major gymnasiums, an automotive shop, dance studios, an indoor track, a student-run radio station, a TV studio, one of the first indoor swimming pools for a high school in the United States, and a four-story performing arts building with a separate 3,000-seat Broadway theater. But what really separates Nutrier from other public high schools is its graduates. In the now more than 120 years since opening its doors, Nutrier has produced significantly more than its fair share of Fortune 100 CEOs, U.S. representatives and senators, Nobel Prize winners, aerospace engineers, White House officials, physicists, professional athletes, cabinet members, U.S. ambassadors, Olympic medalists, and more. But no group of noted graduates is quite as large or nearly as famous as the scores of Broadway and Hollywood stars, directors, producers, animators, stage technicians, makeup artists, costumers, and other professionals who have passed through Nutrier's renowned performing arts department, including a few podcasters. From Hollywood legends like Anne Margaret, Charlton Heston, and Ralph Bellamy, to stars of today like Virginia Madsen, Adam Baldwin, and Rain Wilson. The list of Nutria graduates who have influenced what we see on stage, on TV, and at the movies is long. Which begs the question, what makes Nutria's performing arts department so special? In this first episode of Nutria Performing Arts Stories, we'll explore the answer to that question. To do that, I recently spoke with John Guillen. John is a fellow Nutria graduate and a fellow Performing Arts Department alum. Over the years, John has accumulated an impressive warehouse of knowledge regarding the history of the department, and our wide-ranging 90-minute discussion on the topic had to be significantly edited for this 20-minute podcast. John, welcome to the show. Hello, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. Glad Good. to be here. I, I, I'm thrilled to have you, man. Um, I want to start by focusing on how and when and why Nutria's Performing Arts Department began the transition from being, you know, just another high school drama program, although keeping in mind that, you know, Charlton Heston and others had gone through already. So it wasn't, I guess, maybe never all, just another one ever, but how it went from that to becoming the kind of institution that, you know, for decades now has consistently turned out scores of Broadway and Hollywood performers and directors and producers and technicians and makeup artists and costumers. And what, what for you is the most significant moment in that transition? How does that happen? Oh, I would say you'd have to go back to the 1940s with Dr. Peterman. He was pretty much from what I've been told and what I've read is he was um, brought into New Church to head the theater department in quotes at Nutrier and and he was instrumental in bringing in I don't think the gills came in right away with him but he was instrumental in bringing in a lot of people that 
had the same vision he did of wanting that theater department to be a professional equity performing arts center, which means we did shows and our theater, our theater, which was Gaffney, was treated like a professional Broadway theater. The one thing I remember you said that, that Peterman said was that there was no reason that a high school show couldn't be exactly like a Broadway production. And yeah, my brother, my and this is all secondhand, but this is what my brother told me because he did um he did My Fair Lady and Hello Dolly with with Doc Peterman at Nutrier. And he always said this is going to be, even though it's a high school theater, it's going to be run like an equity theater. So we, as high school students, we were all pretty much trained, you know, basically. To do it that way, right. To go into, into professional theater. You had certain rules we had to follow. You came to the theater, how you behaved, how you treated the theater. The theater is a temple of art, so treat it that way. And that was one of Doc Peterman's favorite sayings, is it was a temple of, it is a temple of art, so treat it as a temple. And, you know, with reverence and every everything. And I think it's important probably to come back to Gaffney for just a second, because Gaffney is no ordinary high school theater. Um, and this no, is no. I'm going to blow your mind with this because I did actually look it up and I found, believe it or not, the original bond issue that uh, was passed in, in Winnetka that allowed for the building of, of Gaffney and, and, the, and the theater complex at New Trier. And it was passed in 1953. And I will tell you that the bond issue was, and again, this is 1953 $5,875,000 bond. And so in I went to in, in 1953. And so what I did was I found an online calculator and I updated that in inflation adjusted dollars to today's dollars to build Gaffney Auditorium and, and what they did in the late 1950s today would cost, are you ready? $63,881,273.41. That is wow. just, I, and, and I think that that's one of the things that people don't get. You know, there's, there just aren't a lot of public high schools in the United States that have a $63 million, you know, theater complex uh, within them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's kind of, and, and, you know, just to have a five-story tall cyclorama and the orchestra pit and 3,000 seats and you know, the, the giant and the, set design and costuming and makeup facilities. There's how many, you, you lived underneath Gaffney in my time there. There were, there are like what, 50 makeup stations just in the makeup room outside costuming. Is that there's, a, right? So there were in that main room, there was, I think 63 mirrors, individual mirrors with lights around them. Right. For, right. For makeup. And then if you went down the sides of Gaffney underneath, you know, the, the hallways underneath, there right. were two cor a chorus room on each side, one for the guys, one for the girls. And that had something like 40 mirrors or 50 mirrors in each room with that. I mean, and then the costume room alone was in the middle. And then you had the, you know, the, the dressing rooms and the laundry rooms on either side. I mean, it was in the scene shop and there was, I think there was something like, let me think here. One, two, three, four, five. There was so, like seven rooms alone that were just for set pieces and props. That's incredible. I mean, that gives you an idea of the kind of scope that that Dr. Peterman must have had in mind. I mean, he clearly wanted this to be like a, a really, as you say, a Broadway capable facility. Yeah. I want to talk more about and in a, in, a, in a show later this year, I want to talk to you more personally about your personal experience and costuming. But let's talk about the costumes in general for a moment, because this is another thing that I think sets Nutrier apart. One of the things that Nutrier had in our time there 
the the annual budget for costumes and this is one of the this is a stat you gave me before the show was something like 30 to 40 thousand dollars and this is in the 1980s by the way 30 to 40 thousand dollars a year that that was that 30 to 40 thousand dollars that was just for one show what wow no i that was for no (laughs) that was just for co-op alone oh my lord right yeah and that's after they would fly out to New York and pick out all the costumes from the Broadway show and then ship them all to Winnetka. So, so literally they'd send, and I assume this would have been Toby Nicholson would have been the yes. guy. Yeah. Well, originally, you know, well, originally it was, it was doc, doc, and doc Peterman. Okay. So doc would go out and so doc and Toby would go together and they would fly out to New York city. They would go to Broadway and they would go meet with the people who did the actual Broadway show and they would, just say, look, we're going to lease your costumes. I mean, is that no, no? They there was a company called Brooks Van Horn, and gotcha. when abroad, see, we couldn't do the shows until they closed, right? right? Because of copyright. So, well, Brooks Van Horn was a company in New York that would get the all the when the show would close, they would buy all the costumes, and they'd say, okay, they're here. So they and then usually most Broadway shows have two to three sets of costumes, okay all identical so they would buy those and they hang them up with label and whatever and then toby and, and, and doc would go to new york and say oh we're doing hello dolly so here's all the measurement sheets we need and they would pull all the con and then they, they would pick out what they wanted and then toby told me they would pick out what they wanted and then they would um they'd be putting these huge you know like in march when the show went on they would be putting these huge canvas crates and shipped to new chair and we usually wound up getting about 16 to 18 crates and they were they were mammoth of costumes and and any i mean Dwayne, it was it was mind body see you guys didn't see all the stuff behind the sets that i did because you guys were all on stage you know and all of that but it was amazing it was just crazy so that was like thirty thousand dollars was one show that is that is absolutely mind-boggling it, it, it kind of it goes to the the sort of uh, it, it comes back to what peterman's vision was which was Again, this is going to be a union shop. This is going to be like a Broadway theater for for all of you, right? No, oh. no expense will be spared, right? And and that's kind of and and that's how that and that vision just sort of became the uh, it was transmitted to everybody else in the staff. And of course, because he was controlling who was coming onto the staff, he was able to sort of make sure that everybody he was bringing on board. Uh, was doing that. And of course, one of the, the we, we've already talked about them, but just to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Gill, who were running the theater again in our time and for some time after that, they came directly from Broadway to New Trier to run that theater, correct? That is what I have been told and I, I understand is they, they were actually on Broadway and they did a lot of downtown stuff in the loop, you know, in Chicago also. It's, Set it's, design and light it's, design. Kind of amazing because uh, again, I one of the things that I never did um, in when in my years of new, at Nutrier was I never actually crewed a show. Um, obviously, I had many friends who did. I was always performing, but um, I kind of if I had my life to live over again, thing I would like do one because their vision, at least in the time I was there, they were also very true to to Dr. Peterman's original, you know, vision for the school, and that was. We're going to train you kids so that when you walk out this door, you can walk out the door and walk into a Broadway theater and you're instantaneously qualified to do the job. And that's kind of amazing. Um, We're talking with John Gian. He is our resident Nutrier performing arts historian. And uh, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back.
This episode of New Trier Performing Arts Stories is brought to you by Rags, Riches, and Roller Coasters, My Life as a Serial Entrepreneur by Dwayne Burkhardt. The book is available on the Kindle Vela platform. Go to amazon.com slash kindle dash vela, that's V-E-L-L-A. And remember, at Kindle Vela, the first three chapters of every book are always free. And we're back. We are talking with John Guillen, who is a Nutrier Performing Arts historian for us today. Uh, John, we were just talking in the break uh, a, a little bit more about the gills, and you were mentioning something about one of the other things that they they would do. So I'm going to just going to hand it off to you and, and and tell me what you were just telling me a minute ago. Mr. And Mrs. Gill came to Nutrier after they retired from Broadway. Right, and we knew I that. Remember right? that. Mm-hmm. hearing that i think mrs gill may have even told me this herself and before they they had retired and before they came to new Trier, they ran a company in chicago or new york um where they actually like would rent the entire scene play to a school or a theater company you would go and you could rent the set of you know bye bye birdie or the little foxes or glass menagerie <laughs> well and it makes perfect sense and it certainly sounds it certainly sounds like them um I think that the, the thing that comes back to again is this uh, the the overarching sort of thing was that you know uh Peterman's uh, Peterman said and I think you this is a quote I think you gave me from him but the, there's no reason a high school show can't be exactly like a Broadway production. Right. And exactly. that exactly. and that to me is like the essence of the man's sort of vision if you will. Right. Um, and that vision was also intensified by the people he brought in who shared the same vision, the Gills, Toby Nicholson, all of them who shared that that vision of this is going to be a professional run theater. And he also hired, of course, uh, one of our future guests who I've already lined up, uh, and that would be Suzanne Adams, who is the the, the monarch, <laughs> if you will, of, oh, of the, of the new Trier theater department in our time. So right. did you know that she was a graduate of Nutria? I didn't. You know what? I didn't know that until a couple of what was it a couple of years ago. You were the one who told me that. And yeah, I, I, I couldn't. She, I just was shocked. But how did I get through the school and all these years later? And I never knew that until you told me. She didn't so. tell anybody. But you know, to, to go back to Doc Peterman in the theater also and saying the people who shared that vision with him, with our with us not even really knowing it, the students in the theater department of the performing arts department whether it was lights set design costume design acting makeup you learned by working with a professional in the field so you almost had an apprenticeship that you didn't even know you were having and you know that's a really good point i think that's something that is a good way to describe what it was like for for nutria students it was like having a professional apprenticeship because you were working with people in the industry who had come back and were were essentially teaching us how to do makeup, how to do costumes, how to do uh, how to do set design, how to do the lighting. And again, and you were doing it in this multi multi million dollar facility that just literally happened to be <laughs> attached to your high school. Um, it was it's kind of insane. I think we got the essence there of of what it is that that happened. And basically, what happens is you've already got a theater department that is somewhat renowned in that it's already turning out some level of famous people like Charlton Heston and, and like Anne Margaret. And and then Dr. Peterman comes along and says, 
I want this to be a Broadway level high school theater department. And we're going to turn all of these high school kids into, you know, Broadway quality people. And it's this one guy's vision and his ability to then bring people in behind him who share this vision that changes everything. And, and that's how you get all the Oscar and Tony and Emmy winners and, you know, actors and producers and directors and, and, and whatnot that the school then subsequently produces in, even up to through our time. Right. And that's what's amazing, too, is, I mean, a lot of the like I know, like Anne Margaret never went. She went to college for a year. She went off Virginia Madison, never went to college. You know, these are people who came right out of New York and went professionally into acting, directing, writing, whatever. But you also have to look at it as that apprenticeship at New York that we got. I mean, think how prepared we were for college. Looking back on it now, it's like, wow, what an education we were given and what a training ground we had. Well, and, and I think that's true of uh, of Nutria more broadly too. I mean, academically, if you look at the other uh, the other parts of, of of the school itself, but certainly, I think in the theater department, that was specifically and 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 more true perhaps um, than in other places. And again, that that comes back to this this sort of mental approach that that they drilled into our heads, frankly, uh, every day. It really was this um, unique environment, and uh, and for and all the things and all the people that it's it's turned out, and really one of the points of this podcast is to kind of recognize that and and to give everybody the opportunity to to tell their stories about uh, how it how it changed and affected their lives, and um, and I think we've done a, a great job here of of, uh, of giving a, a good introduction to that topic, so. Uh, John, I want to thank you very much for being on our inaugural podcast of Nutria Performing <laughs> Arts Department Stories. Uh, and for anybody who wants to send us their stories, it is info at NutriaPADStories.com. And please do. And we will have you on the show to tell yours. John, once again, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Nutria Performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and painstakingly edited by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information about our podcast, please email info at NutriaPADStories.com. Please join us next week when our guest will be voice actor, animator, director, producer, and two-time Emmy Award winner, Audu Payton. Thanks for listening. See you next time.